the worst thing you can do is when a woman comes up to you and says, I've had this issue in the business and the director then turns around and says, oh, but that person didn't mean it. We need to create a safe place for the women to actually have environments where they feel they can go and talk to someone, bring up an issue, and they're going to be protected. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington with you for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. And I have Sardana Smiles with me. Hey Sardana, how are you? Hey Leanne, I'm really well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, awesome. Now you are a very busy lady. You've got a couple of hats that you wear, CEO of Real Estate Industry Partners and also the Director of Harcourt's Move, um, which is a property management specific business. Talk to me about how you're finding life in property management and trying to manage the start, like the the exodus of people out of the industry yeah it's such a good question leanne and it's a big one because we have genuinely lost probably over 25 percent of property managers out of the industry and even in my business you know i had a young girl go off on maternity leave and it's taken me nearly three months to fill that role and it's not because we haven't tried. We hired a number of people who either didn't fit the culture, um, they left after a month because they didn't want to do the job in terms of, you know, this is not what property management should be about and in inverted commas and so they left. And then um, the third one came in for, you know, 24 hours and walked into my office and said, I don't want to do maintenance and arrears and I don't want to do follow-up people and you're not paying me enough to do that and I'm going. And so it's, it's a perfect storm where our employees have the balance of power in this world that we live in right now and it's one where I think as I've said on stage before it's a leadership issue we've created this perfect storm Uh, and then you've got recruitment agencies out there who are pushing the price points up of inexperienced people who've had minimum years of experience in real estate and we don't have an option but to pay for it so we have to work through it and we have worked together as leadership but I think in the first instance it's it's leaders looking at themselves and asking the question is the environment that I've got the right environment for the people for them to work in here? That's such a good point because a lot of our leaders that are running property management businesses are actually sales agents. Um, So they don't actually understand property management to the degree that people like you who are focused on it um, do. What what is the environment that we should be providing for our, our fans? I think, first of all, you need to have, you know, aim towards having a stress-free environment. Now, when I say stress-free, no business is ever stress-free, right? But but to a point for property managers where they're not working overtime just about three, four times a week, they're not taking work home with them. They're not working after hours or on weekends where they're taking, you know, calls from clients who are yelling at them or unhappy because there's a lot of work that hasn't been done. To review your business processes and ask the question whether you've got the right technology in place. Now, in my business, 70% of my admin work is picked up by the technology. So my people have the bandwidth to actually spend time on client relationships. You know, have you got the right structure? Are people doing the jobs that they love, that when they wake up in the morning, they come in the office, it's a great environment and I love doing my job. 
And importantly, what are the employee value propositions that you've created for your property managers? Great in sales. Yes. You know, we all love that part of the business, but property managers are just as important. So what have you got in terms of bonus structures, employee value propositions? Like, you know, do you give them massages? Do you give them vouchers to do facials or, you know, extra days off on their birthdays? Like a whole range of things that we can go into there. But what have you got around that? And it's a, and, and then there's this, and I'll, you know, we'll talk about this a bit later if we have the time, this, world of hybrid work right so what does this wellness and hybrid world look like because that's what your property managers want you need to get to a point where your stickiness in your business is worth more than where they're going to go to, and get extra money yeah absolutely because there is a lot of money being thrown around um, for some of these roles and you have to wonder how the profitability will can can support that um, but a lot of a lot of people won't let their property managers have flexible work I know, but why not? The whole world is moving into this environment. And I know so many businesses that have just gone, nope, you've got to be back in the office and you've got to be working from, you know, working from here. And, and it's just crazy. You are not going to be able to employ the best people if that's the environment you have. And there is no reason why you can't do that, given the technology we have that we're working with today. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. The leaders need to have a look at themselves and their businesses. And um, and if they're not game enough to ask their own team, ask um, ask other people, you know, ask your brand because there's lots of, you know, there's a lot of people in franchise organisations. Reach out to one of us. We're happy to have a chat, right? Exactly. Um, I, you know what? I've, I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me recently and say, you know, what do you do in your business and how do you structure your business and can we come and have a look at what you do? And as I always say to people, I'm not saying that I'm the best one out there and I've got it all right. Far from it. Yeah, yeah. But what I do know is that I have an environment that's probably better than most businesses out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's increasingly important and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No. Um, now, you and I were at a conference recently in Melbourne called RISE. And um, the whole premise of the RISE movement is around mental health and well-being and for it to be a safe space for people to have conversations that we don't normally have in real estate because our conferences are always about how much money I make, how good am I, look at me, look at me, right? Yes, it's all transactional, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very much so. And so it was um, the leadership part of the conference, I guess, I don't even know how to put it into words, but it, it was very unexpected. The turn of the, the focus um, actually became around um, issues that women are, women are having in our industry today, not the old days like when I when I sort of shared my own personal story. And you were on stage and um, and I hadn't thought about this for you before, but you're one of our very first um, CEOs in the um, in the real estate, in female CEOs in the real estate industry. Um, tell me a little bit about the reaction that people would give you to that title, industry people specifically. That was a great conference. And I think um, to add to your comments earlier, it's the first time I've ever been in an environment where women felt safe to talk about their stories. And yeah. I and, and I know we'll get to that conversation, but that, that was so important. And I, I don't know about you, but I was in tears and I was shaking that entire morning from what I was hearing in the room. I was absolutely shocked. Yeah. Um, and some of the women that spoke have agreed to come onto the podcast with me. So I will explore some of those, um, some of those stories, but um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of stories from women, but um, I hadn't heard the stories from these women and senior, um, senior women. I, I was absolutely horrified. 
And I think what made me sad is it's something that you and I went through quite early in our career in real estate and it pissed me off to know it was still going on. It's still going on. Exactly. Exactly. And there were men in the room that actually had the hide to say, it doesn't happen in my business. And it's like, you know what that tells me? That tells me that you've got no idea what's going on in your business. Yeah, 100%. You're not actually in tune or in touch with it. But to answer your question, yes, it goes back to 2011 and I was one of the first, I think there was another female CEO was part-time with Ray White at the time and I was the first full-time franchise CEO, you know, official title and everything else. And, And I think it was a time for the industry to celebrate a female leader breaking the glass ceiling and getting to that point. And at the time it wasn't celebrated. In fact, there was a lot of gossip that went around the industry around, you know, surprisingly that she got the role um why would why would she be the person that was picked and you know she must have slept her way to the top were a lot of the comments that were passed on to me and I reflect on that and one of the I mean that's the only way any of us get there right of course right of course but what I've said to a number of men post that time is that well you do realize you're talking poorly about the men as well because for me to sleep to the top like for me to sleep my way I have slept with the directors that you supposedly work with or respect. So you're actually bringing that bloke down as much as you're bringing me down and yet you don't seem to get that. And when you say that to some of the men, they sort of look at you and the blood drains down (laughs) their face when they realise that. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, I think, and I think as an industry, we've just missed opportunities to celebrate women. You know, um, and and I know we've got a number of women awards, et cetera, that happen, but I think there there is a time in the industry where we shouldn't need women-specific awards. It should be something that's celebrated as an industry where we have more women in suits, in photos with just men in suits. And then you go add the diversity layer, right? When I first started in this industry, even back in 2011, I was one of the first people of colour in this industry to actually break through the glass ceiling. And you look at it today and there's so many diverse people in our communities, yet even up till last year, one of our REIs put an ad out, you know, marketing their brand and it had just a sea of white people. It's like, are you just, the world has changed. The world has changed and we all need to look at the world through different lenses. And I think, yeah, I think we're missing the point in some instances. But still, I was at a, uh, and you would have this happen to you all the time, I was at an event with one of our big suppliers last week um, and I was the only female industry representative. And there were, I don't know, 20 people and there were other women there, but they were all working with the supplier and I'm thinking, what is going on? Yeah, and, and but that happens a lot a at lot. that. So you have executive level where there's a lot of women, yeah. but when you get to that CEO, C-suite level or director level, we still don't have enough women breaking through the glass ceiling there. And, you know, if you have a look at you, me and a handful of other women, my big concern is who are we bringing up behind us? Who are we bringing us? up behind us, yeah. Right? So it's, it's I don't know, and, and I think we need to do a bit of work around the industry in that. But, yeah, interesting times. And that was an interesting conversation at Rise because I think it really brought to the forefront that women have a lot to offer and we're not just sexualised objects in businesses. I was surprised at the depth of emotion from some of the men that were sharing situations because these men are fathers of daughters. Yeah. Um, and some of the experiences that they shared, uh, I thought was was just as powerful as the women sharing their stories. But interestingly, there were 
I don't know, I was watching the room and there were, you could see pennies dropping with some of these senior men who normally you would expect to kind of brush these conversations off. And I agree. And I think the other thing, I think what shocked them also was it wasn't just one incident to one story. A lot of us who shared our stories, we had incident after incident after incident spanning a long period of time that we've chosen to be in this industry, that these things have happened, right? So it wasn't just a one-off thing. No. It, it was, it was, it was multi-layered um, and over a number of years. And I think that's what shocked them as well. It's like, it's not a one-off incident. My God, this happens all the time. Yeah, it really does. And so I've had calls from um, from men that were there um, since that event, and as, as I'm sure you have as well, saying, okay, Leanne, what can we actually do? And as I said to them, it's not about standing on stage lecturing people. It's about, um, I think it's about encouraging people to have the conversation with their teams, right? You've got to start small for it to get big. What do you think we can do? One of the big things is it's the standard you walk past is the standard you accept, which is the, the lieutenant from, from the Army who said that a few years ago and he made a very strong statement around it. It happens in all organisations, yeah. but I think as leaders, if we can be really aware of who the perpetrators are and, and hold them accountable, which is what we did at RISE, which I've never seen happen before, and kudos to the RISE board that did that. Yes, indeed. Secondly, we need to create a safe place for the women to actually have environments where they feel they can go and talk to someone, bring up an issue, and they're going to be protected. The, the worst thing you can do is when a woman comes up to you and says, I've had this issue in the business, and the director then turns around and says, oh, but that person didn't mean it. They do that all the time. Don't worry about it. Or you're being I've too had, sensitive. I've had, a, I've had a director say to me, oh, you know, you know what he's like. That's just the way he is. It's like, um, no, <laughs> no I'm sorry. Yeah, and the minute you do that, you create a toxic environment. And right. so people then don't feel safe. So you must create a safe environment, people, and then hold people accountable. You know, if the behaviour has been pulled up by more than one person, it's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem and you need to fix it. And you're better off without those type of people in your businesses because you'll always lose the good people and the bad ones will stay. And that's not what you want for your culture. No, for sure. But, I mean, one of the challenges in our industry is it's often the, the worst behaviour is from the people that are making the most money, right? Yeah, but then that comes down to the director having the ability to say, this is the culture that I want and these are the people that I want working for me and with me. If you remove the ones that are not behaving in that way, I guarantee your business will flourish because you'll have people there who are so connected to the business and the culture and they'll want the business to grow and work that they'll work their butts off to make sure it does. And to know that you've got the support of the directors, right? And they, yeah. they heard you and they believed you and they took action yeah. um, is very, very powerful, but um, doesn't happen often enough, unfortunately. No, unfortunately not. But I think times are changing. You know, I think the RISE um, group now has a real opportunity to actually create some change and, and good conversations. And this is what I've always said. This isn't about blame. No. This isn't about going back in the past and holding people accountable. This is about saying, you know what, we've got to draw a line in the sand here today, 2022, and moving forward, we've got to change environments and create safe places and hold people accountable to behaviour that we feel is not appropriate in the workplace. Yeah. And if we can do that, then five years from now, three years from now, we'll be having a different conversation. What I don't want to happen is 
it's the first time in my entire career in 30 years that that conversation has been had. And it was a big emotional day and kudos to everybody who stood up and shared their story. Yeah. But we can't let that go. We have to move it forward. And what we don't want, and you and I have said this is, you know, it happened to us 30 years ago. It shouldn't be happening today to women who are entering this industry today who are in their 20s. It shouldn't be happening. So we've got to change that. Yeah, absolutely. We owe it. Um, we owe it to them. We absolutely yeah. owe it to them. Yep. Um, so to move away from that very heavy conversation, um, tell everybody about real estate industry partners. What do you do and what what's your purpose? Why, why was it needed? Why was it needed? I'm so glad you asked me that question because we've kind of had a bit of a change in the direction that we're going in. So Real Estate Industry Partners, it initially started as a portal for the industry and, you know, it didn't really work out in the way that we wanted it to work out. And so 18 months ago, they appointed me as a CEO and we've been through a bit of a journey and essentially we've now turned into a data business. And so one of the things that we've really determined to do is work with the industry to work with the industry data so that we can give back to the industry reports, CMA, market insights, benchmarking reports uh, at a more affordable price point than what we are paying now. If you have a look at all the data we give away for free to all the big portals around the country, they use that data, aggregate it out, make money on it, and then sell leads back to us. We don't get anything back as an industry. So what we want to do is use our data and say to the industry, give us your data, become an REIP member, give us your data. We in turn will give you a CMA, market insights, benchmark reports. You'll have a free version that you can use or you'll have one that is at a much lower price point than what is on the market. But because we're using our own data, we can bring data sets to the table that no one has access to, only the industry does. So things like appraisals, unsettled sales, whole range of da- leased amounts or the, what the property was leased for rather than what it was advertised for. There are so many data sets that we have access to as an industry that we yet haven't given away, thank God, yep. that we can bring into our market insights and CMAs that, so that when you're sitting in a lounge room or in talking to your client, you are able to provide a lot more value than what you currently do when you talk to them about selling their house. And that's that's the world we're moving into. So we did a JV with a company called Velocity out of New Zealand. Yeah. They've been in the market for seven years. They have 95% of the banking market in New Zealand doing valuations for, for, bank, uh, for, for valuers, et cetera. So we've done a JV with them and we intend to launch the product in about August this year, which is really exciting. I think it will really change how we look at our industry data moving forward oh well i will be excited to see more of that um, when it's appropriate to to have a look at it you're on my on my list of first people to call Leah. beautiful i'll be looking forward to it all right well thank you so much for being so open to that conversation today um, and i really always appreciate you taking the time thanks leanne thanks for having me we hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.